0: Welcome to Rethinking Humanity Travel Chronicles. I'm Lacey Delane,
1: and I'm Victor Ho, sitting in again for Sonra Larea.
0: And we love it whenever Victor's in- on with us. How are you doing, Victor?
1: Yeah, it's a very rare, rare appearance for me, but I'm doing good. Um, I've been focused a lot on the stock market because, as some people know, it's been falling for the past mm-hmm. few days. Um, mm-hmm stocks and cryptocurrency. So uh, it can either be scary for some people or exciting because you know, everything's cheap and you can buy or you can just stress out a little bit and hope it rise up. (laughs) So for me, it's a little bit of both. I'm watching to see prices to see if if it's low enough for me to buy more. Mm -hmm. or if it's something that I need to get rid of. But so far, I I have no reason to get rid of anything. I think Mm -hmm. it's just normal.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: As long as you're holding, doing it for long term. If you're long term, then you don't have much to worry about. If you're doing it for short term, then you have a lot to worry about.
0: Right. I have some stocks, not a lot, um, but I purchased some travel stocks. Back when the pandemic began, oh, thinking yeah. uh, of a five to ten year range, and you know, I have definitely already made money, but I don't think about it on a daily basis. I like don't even think about it because it's not about today. It's about like in five more years or eight more years.
1: You shouldn't need to. I mean, if you're holding it for long term, then yeah, don't think about it. Maybe check into it like once a month just to make sure everything is mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But um, you shouldn't need to really stress out about it. That's why I try not to, even though I sometimes get addicted to it. Trying not to do these swing trades or day trades, you know, that's dangerous. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't fall into that unless you have money to burn. But not many of us do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know. Well, another spinoff, Victor and uh, the stock market, rethinking finances. <laughs>
1: it'll be it'll be mostly episodes of me crying <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> crying
1: that i didn't get in soon enough or get out fast
0: enough <laughs> okay maybe we need to wait a couple of years for that one then
1: <laughs> yeah it will be a really uh, sad ep- a bunch of sad episodes <laughs> of me just failing at at my my choices
0: oh my so. goodness that's <laughs> too funny well we are joining you both from Atlanta, Georgia today. Yes, I am back in the States, Victor. I made it back.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I think the last time we talked, you were planning to stay longer, like a lot longer. And, and now you're back in Atlanta. Um, yeah. I know you told me a little bit of why you came back early. But um, I mean, what, what, what is one reason that, that you had to come back? It, well, it I mean, felt you know- like you had to come back.
0: Right, right. It definitely, I don't, I'm not going to share too, too much right now. Uh, probably will on a later date, um, but definitely some unexpected things took place that caused me to, to have to recalculate what the time frame was going to be for being there. And that is certainly not what I expected, Victor. When I left, I was thinking I was going to be there for multiple, I mean, definitely at least a month, which I really was, I was there for almost three uh, i'm sorry almost a month for three weeks a little more than three weeks so almost a month but um but yeah it was definitely unexpected totally unexpected and as one might imagine that is an emotional thing and i i don't know about you victor i wonder with your experiences even though you haven't really lived i believe i'm right when i say you haven't lived in any of the countries that you visited um even though I- you haven't-
1: have, yeah, I actually have lived. Um, I lived in the Philippines for a little bit. I lived in Hong Kong.
0: Oh, okay. I'm totally wrong.
1: Um, and Taiwan. Taiwan just for a little bit. So yeah, I lived in probably three different, mostly the island, Asian island countries.
0: Sounds like a really good idea, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Islands, yes. Hey, that was the really good thing. It was so much warmer down there than yeah, it has Yeah, I I'm could sure. see here. But this is what I was going to ask you in your experience, traveling both from living in a place in one of these different, a different country, but also traveling. I, I think, I, I wonder for you if, it, if it's emotional leaving and going, because I think that's been my experience is regardless of how long you're there, if there are people there and if there are places there that you like and appreciate, it is an emotional thing to go back and forth.
1: Right. Um, I knew I knew when I was a ki- I, when I lived in these island countries Hong Kong Taiwan Philippines um I knew that I was gonna leave what was hardest for me as a kid and and you know I hope this is not too sad for you listeners but I've never had a best friend you know what I mean yeah. I've met a lot of kids and a lot of great friends but I've never been able to become a best friend because I knew that I was going to leave because of of my, my dad's work. Wow. So, and, and I knew I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to stay at a school that I liked because I'm going to have to leave in about a year or so. Wow. Yeah. So making friends was a little hard because in back of my mind, I knew the sad thing is I'm going to leave, you know, and the best we can do is write letters, but I think when I was a kid, I was too lazy to write letters. <laughs> Computers were not, internet was not invented yet when I was a kid. So if there was email, I would have done more of that, but writing okay. letters, I, I, it wasn't much of what I wanted to do. So I think when I was a kid, I, I just went with the flow and just you know said my tearful goodbyes and mm-hmm. and next adventure. Right. Um, yeah. So, really wasn't until I finally set foot in Los Angeles when I was in eighth grade that I knew I was going to be staying there longer. Mm-hmm. And I started to make the friendships that I never had. Wow. And I think to this day, I still have, I still retain my best mm-hmm. friend. So, mm. that's cool. Yeah. And
0: that's, that definitely sounds emotional for a different reason than what I was thinking or maybe mentioning. But, when you're moving from country to country and you are having, you know, not able to maintain relationships as a result, that's hard. That's emotional.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've, I've met people that had friends since they were kindergarten and I can never say that. Right. My, my best friend started in high school, you Mm -hmm. know, and for some people that's great, you know, but I've always wondered, wow, all these all these friendships that happened since they were kindergarten. How's, yeah. How does that feel? All right.
0: Keep and I've always back.
1: wondered what happened to them. You know, I still remember their names, you know, all the friends that I've met in my travels. i look at Facebook to try to search for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to find one. <laughs> Either oh, the oh. names changed or, or does this a lot of people with the same name that I couldn't really, I mean, it's a lot of years um, of, 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 memories and all that, so.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's something that I've observed too. Like there's definitely people that I saw on this trip who I was so happy to see again, um, who are, we call them gringos or heroes? people that were not from Guatemala, but they're traveling. And, uh, you know, just like I'd just seen them, you know, it had been no time past. We was like, hey, let's go have a beer or whatever. So, uh, so that's that's cool. I think the the relationships you make when traveling tend to be the kinds that are like really strong, and they can be lifelong if you if both people want them to be.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different. Also, there's a different kind of thinking because when I was a kid and I traveled a lot, it was mostly adventure. You know, as a kid, you wanted to have fun and you'll go on an adventure. When I got older and I traveled, it was different. It wasn't mostly, I mean, it was fun,
0: but -hmm. it was mostly
1: for me to get out of my comfort zone, to get out of the box that I was stuck in at the time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get out of the box. And I knew by traveling, it would force me to see other cultures, meet other people, and and discover Mm. new things, which I was able to do a 100 and. 50,000%, 50,000%, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was stuck in the same place, in the same city, in the same job, in the same cubicle. Yes. That I felt that I, I couldn't escape.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and th- it actually, it's a funny story. The, the cubicle, I, I used to work in one of those cubicles with no windows. Mm. I, it felt like I was in a closet, which I later found out was a storage closet. They put me <laughs> in a storage closet, made an office for me. Poor Victor. (laughs) But I was stuck in there for five years working there. Wow. And I've accumulated so much vacation days, I never took it to a point where I was forced to take it. I accumulated more than two months worth of vacation days. And I was forced to take it, otherwise, I'll lose it. Okay. So my company forced me to take this vacation, which is what I did. I I took a backpacking trip to Europe, and it was the best thing I ever did. And then when I came back, I got laid off. But (laughs) that's That's another story. That's another podcast. Oh, my
0: God. That's hilarious. We're going to have Victor's uh, (laughs) podcast about um, the stock market and getting laid off. (laughs)
1: Getting laid off. Yeah. After they forced me to take vacation days, I come back and say, oh, Welcome back. By the way, you're laid off. I'm going to lay you off.
0: Well, you were probably like, fine, I'll go back to Europe, right?
1: (laughs) I wanted to. I I talked before that I I loved Amsterdam. um, Yes. And I've I've always wanted to live there for a year or even half a year just to, you know, experience more. Yeah. Um, And I may still do that. um, But right now with the pandemic, um, not a wise thing to do right now.
0: It's It's not the easiest time to travel right now, for sure. I definitely, I think you know this about me, and I think listeners, you all know this about me, but I I love travel. Like, I I love what you're talking about, the experiences that you have with people, how it gets us out of the same old, I want to say the word rut. Yeah. I think we get into a rut of just doing life one way. And I think, you know... As long as you're safe, it doesn't matter where you're going or really how long you're there. I think the longer you're there, in some cases, the better because you get more of a chance to actually experience the culture. But the point is, is that you are going and having a new experience. That's the beauty of travel and traveling abroad because, you know, traveling within your own country, you get some of that. But there's just a whole nother level you get when you go to another country.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a new breath of of life for you.
0: Ah, yes. Because
1: because you're so used to seeing the same thing, doing the same thing, you know, waking up at the same time, going to right. sleep at the same time. Yep. But when you're suddenly in a place that's unknown, that you have no idea where to get to any place, you know, you get a sense of of not only being a little bit scared but also a lot of excitement you know because you're like oh wow I I actually did this you know I'm actually in Germany oh my gosh right what do I do now
0: (laughs) yeah the challenge
1: and you find that at least for me you find that a lot of people around the world are really nice people yes I mean, not all. Of course, you're going to see some thieves and, and bad people, right? Right. But, but you're, smart, you're smart enough to know who they are. Anybody, you, me, anybody, you're smart enough to know when there's a bad person. Don't get there, you know?
0: Well, it's like yeah. there's good people, and I, I'm, I'm also kind of like sort of not even a fan of the words good and bad. But anyway, there are people who are going to try to do you harm, and there are people who are going to be wonderful to you wherever you go. Right in every culture, like we could say, well, the United States is a safe place, well, yeah, but some parts of it is, are not <laughs> just like any other country,
1: you yeah, know, definitely, so, but I've found that when in my travels, I've met a lot of nice strangers who were just willing to help me out with yeah. language, with even money, sometimes when they thought I didn't have any money, Yep. um, and they will offer some. Um, to even food.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Um, I've had strangers invite me to their homes because they thought that I didn't eat, or or you know they thought I was hungry, and, and say, "Come to our home. You know, we have food for you. You know, do you have a place to stay? Do you know where to go?" Um, right. I've I've never had that type of experience in the U.S. <laughs> Unless it's my cousin. <laughs>
0: I was going to say that. But not
1: with a stranger.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like something that happens here, which is a sad thing. I would love to see that change.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. And In China, they have a saying when they greet you, they, they greet you by saying, have you eaten? Even, oh, wow. even though you already ate, but they always say that. It, it's, oh. it's like a courtesy. They always ask, have you eaten? And, and
0: wow. I, I
1: think, I, I don't know the history about Chinese culture, especially way back in the, in the dynasty days. But I think the the custom is when a person comes to your house, you, you always feed them no matter what, even if they have already in, but, but the custom is you feed them, you yeah. often, you offer them drinks. And that is so true because whenever I visit my cousins, the first thing that happens is fruit, you know, drinks, you know, they always give me food. It's always there. Wow. You know, um, You know, when I go see my other friends who are, you know, Americans, I don't get any of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, hey, you, you can unlock the door yourself, dude. Say, hey, what's <laughs> up?
1: You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, I'm kidding. Well, you know, that, that to me seems like it speaks to, like, um, your well-being. Like, yeah. they saying, I want to know if you've eaten. I'm going to give you food. That says, to me, that says, like, I care about your well-being. That's yeah. the message I get from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's very different. you know. And I learned from all these travels, I learned to take some of these. I said, you know what? I like the way you guys do it there. And I'm going to bring it back here in the U.S. And I'm going to do the same. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when my friends come over, I don't exactly cook them a big five five meal plant dinner. Yeah. But I'll say, hey, have you, are you thirsty? Do you want water? Dr. Pepper? Anything? Have you, you know? So I was at least offered them something, a snack or a drink at least. Yeah. Um, when they come over, you know. Mm-hmm. So I have this custom that I do that I've learned um, you know, in my travels. I mean, hmm. with you, I, I know you've had a short time in Guatemala. I mean, is there anything that you've learned? Yeah. That you're gonna that you're like, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> Instilled this ideal here in Georgia.
0: You know what's funny is I we talked about this on the last episode of how people greet each other on the street and how you know I would I I would walk down the street and say Buenos tardes Buenos dias you know and people would say respond back or they would say that to me that is what I what I'm bringing with me I think back to the states and actually I've already done it a couple of times because I've been you know out walking since I've been home. And I'm like, I'm going to say good morning to people when I walk down the street if it's morning time or good afternoon. And I really don't care whether they respond. I think they're probably going to look at me like I'm crazy because <laughs> they're like,
1: well, I, in, know. I think in you Atlanta, know? we're already halfway be there because from my experience, from here, people already greet me, whether whether I want want it or not,
0: <laughs> definitely more so here than maybe LA, where you're.
1: You well, know, yes, especially LA. LA people will look at you strangely uh, if you say hello to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But here, yeah, here in Atlanta, since I've lived here, I it's almost always that I I get a hello um, from my neighbors.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, once in a while. You know, I don't, and I, you know, sometimes I'll wait for it and then it never happens. And I'm like, yeah, they must be from fa- LA. <laughs> <You> know, <but. laughs> yeah, no. Uh,
0: yeah. So that's something like even on the belt line or just walking, like the other morning I walked over to Revolution Donuts and there were people I passed by and I, I knew they weren't going to say anything, but I still said, good morning, because you know what? It feels good to do that too. I think it's very human. Yeah. To, to greet another human being when you see another human being instead of walk past them and not look at them or not say anything,
1: you yeah. know? I have a funny feeling that when the pandemic and, you know, when that's all over, we, you know, we get our shots. I think we're going to see more of that. I'm hoping we're, yeah. we're going to start seeing people being more nicer, you know, wanting to greet people because I think people realize that when they were stuck at home and you couldn't do much, mm-hmm. they miss that type of a uh, human connection. Right. So at any age, whether you're 20 years old or you're 50 years old, at any age, you're like, man, I should have been more social or gosh, when I'm at the belt line, I, sh- I should say hi to people. I-, I never say hi to anybody. Yeah. So I-, I know for me, it's definitely changed my mind thinking to become more, more of a greeter. Yes. Because I've never really been a great amaze because I'm from L.A., but, you know, that's no excuse. Um, so mm-hmm. that's definitely something I want to do more of, um, you know, when it's safer to go out. Yeah. So. Right.
0: You know, the other thing that I was thinking that I would bring back here with me, um, I just had it in my head and now I'm losing it. Hang on. <laughs> this doesn't happen to me often. Must be a
1: good idea. Cuz <laughs> good ideas usually is the ideas that you lose the quickest. I know. <laughs> and then you remember it the next day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, "Victor, now I remember. Um, oh, this is it." Okay, so so I was talking with one of my friends uh there in Guatemala and I was commenting on how people spend so much more time together typically when they get together. So like here Typically, if you get together with your friends, um, or I'll say if I get together with my friends, it's like we're together maybe an hour, hour and a half. Or if you go for a coffee, it's like you're there for 30, 45 minutes and then bam, they're off to the next thing. You know, it's almost like it's weird if you spend more than an hour, hour and a half, you know, and and there it's like you it's pretty normal to spend like two, three, four hours. You know, the time is longer. That, that you spend the quality time. And I think that's something that I want to implement here, too, is whatever that switch is, and I do think it's cultural here in the States, that is like, says, okay, you don't need to be, you know, you've spent like X amount of time. Now it's time for you to go do whatever. I don't know, be alone again. <laughs> I don't know. But I, turn that, I'm going to turn the switch off, you know, because Quality time with people—that's man. I've, i arguably that's what it's all about. That's what life's all about.
1: That's definitely been missing um, a lot over the years. I I was I was in a um, seminar two nights ago um, about a guy who I met a long time ago when I went to New York to visit to do research for a movie that I was doing, mm-hmm. um, and he did he, he did a documentary. Um, connecting hip-hop dance to jazz dance in the 1930s, which is swing dancing. And some of you may or may not know I used to compete in swing dance competitions. So I I was a swing dancer myself, and I actually traveled around the world competing and also learning from the best teachers around the world in swing dance, which is called Lindy Hop, uh, the old term. Mm -hmm. But this dude, he um, connected hip-hop dance to Lindy Hop music in Harlem of the 1930s. Wow. And he unearthed a lot of um, footage that was never in the documentary. So that was what the seminar was about. He was going to show these extra footage that was never there. It was like a two-hour seminar. And what it really was was him hanging out with these old-timers who lived in the 30s and them telling, them telling him their stories about, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I used to go to this ballroom and, and Ellis Fitzgerald was there and she was singing <laughs> and Duke Ellington was there, you know, and, and Billie Holiday. And I was listening, I said, this, this is not a CD or a recording or audio he's listening to. They're the real people. <laughs> wow. These, these folks actually met and hung out with the real jazz icons of the days. And and these rooms, you know, not more than maybe fifty or hundred people, just intimate yeah. conversation with music and drinks and laughter and all that stuff. And and he was like telling telling you know, us, you know, in a, semina- in, in a seminar that he felt like a kid just just sitting there listening to like this storytelling type of thing, you know, where you don't have that anymore. You know, what storytelling to us is like. Twitter. You know, I just, just tell me something really quick, Twitter. Right. Give me something quick bites, quick bites. I don't want to, you know, I I only have like 10 minutes (laughs) max, (laughs) you know, but we're missing the storytelling times when whether it's an, it's, it's an older person who lived during world war II and telling you the story or even, even a 20 year old telling him the story about him asking a girl he likes to the prom. That's a story, that's a great story. You know, Um, I I missed that time, you know, and and it made me remember when me and my best friend that I met, I was telling you my best friend that is still retained from high school. Man, we keep telling when we talk on the phone or even in person when he visits or I visit him, we always tell the same damn story. <laughs> we tell the same damn story almost the exact word by word. It's an hour and a half story about our times when the only time when we had class together at a community college, the mm-hmm. only time. And we decided to just totally purposely become mess ups in class become the rebels in class because we, we could. We, we were allowed to fail one class. And we decided that this class was it. So we, we, we purposely messed up everything. But we told the same story all the time. And the reason why we do that is because it's so funny every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to each people that's with us, when they hear the story, they laugh their heads off because it's so funny. you know? oh, know. And, and that, so I miss that connection, telling yeah. stories to each other, even though it's the same story, you know?
0: Right, well, you know storytelling really is an art, and it is I think it's definitely become a lost art, and I will say that um uh, the guy that drove okay, so I for those of you who are listening that don't know this about me, I actually worked on Andrew Yang's presidential campaign and on the events team, so called the events team, but we had Victor, there was a guy who drove our um the tour bus. We did a bus tour in Iowa um, last year. It was about a, about a year ago. Um, Well, a little more, but January basically. And so this guy, I don't know, he's probably in his 60s, 70s. He had such a great personality. He was our favorite. We all loved him. Oh my God. We loved him. And there was one night that we got to the hotel and there was several of us that were just kind of sitting in the back of the bus with him. And he was telling the story of, him, a near-death experience that he had, and I mean, it was probably a good 45 minutes that he told the story, but nobody moved because we were, like, there, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: you get enthralled with but, the story.
0: But it's because he knows how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. It's an art, and so I think that's something that we have lost. Oh, yeah, I'm
1: internet. saying that
0: I think that that is an art that we've yeah. that has been lost because there's a You know, you can tell a story and some people can be like bored or you can tell a story and people be enthralled and not want to get up after they've been working all day long. And that's what he did. So I do think that that's something that it's a lost art, but it's an art for sure.
1: Definitely. And and going back to travel, I find that when I'm traveling, I, I get and find the best stories in my travels. Mm-hmm. Um and, and with those travels, I bring those stories back here in the US and I tell my friends, you know, and they get intrigued, It's oh man, I want to travel now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to do what Victor did. You know, yeah. it sounds exciting. I I mean it, w- one of the best stories I've I've told is um when I went to you know Grace Kelly, the actress Grace Kelly.
0: You know who you're talking to. <laughs>
1: okay. Grace Kelly, she's like a nineteen you know, fifties actress back in the days when actresses were like, were like gorgeous, you know, like screen actresses, you know, that, that's what you call a movie star. You know? mm-hmm. But I was so into Grace Kelly. I, I thought she was the most beautiful actress I've ever seen on screen. Um, and she only made, I think four or five movies because she got married to Prince Rainier. Uh, she became a queen or a princess. Wow. in monaco princess of monaco mm-hmm. so i actually went to monaco just so i can visit her gravesite and and put a rose on a gravesite because i was so you know enamored with her yeah um and i found it and i i did go there um and that place monaco's man it's probably one of the most beautiful um cities or country i don't know if it's a country or something but it's one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen in my life i mean very beautiful. Um, get colors, the people, everything is just so free, and 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 it's, it's like a picture postcard, picture perfect. Yeah. Um. And I was I was taking a walk towards the um I guess the royal royal castle, which is on top of a hill that you can see. Mm-hmm. And I was just taking a walk, and then there's this person in back of me, following me really closely. And for a while, I was like, okay, maybe they're just like that. But then it was getting annoying. I was like, I said, like, dude, you're walking really close to me. I, you should at least say excuse me or something. Or maybe he doesn't know how to say excuse me. And <laughs> he had like these two big guys behind him also. I was like, oh, man, are they trying to mug me? Are they trying Ooh. to like, go in a corner and wait for me to go in a corner? Because they know I'm a, I'm a tourist. Right. So finally, I just turned around really quickly mm-hmm. to, to confront them. And, and I found out that it was, I, I believe, I think, I'm not, I think, I'm, I'm pretty positive, but I think it was Prince Albert. Really? Um, Prince Yeah, the Prince of Monica that was behind me what? with his two bodyguards. Yeah, he was taking a walk as well. And huh. I just happened to be next to him.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, because I know how he looks like because that's, that's um, Grace Kelly's son. Um, so
0: Oh, wow, look at that.
1: Yeah, so I know how he looks like. I know how our children looks like. Um, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, that must be the prince." Um, hmm.
0: What a little gift for
1: you! She's so you. nice. Demon, demon, tell me to move.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you got to be, like see him in person, and he was like the He's son.
1: Probably of- just going home, <laughs> and I was in his way.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a cool thing that you got to do, you know.
1: Yeah, you, you can't tell that story to anybody. You know, it, it's really hard to say a story like that, and mm-hmm. people are like what? You know, yeah. that was actually the Prince of Monaco. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: so that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Do you think so? Do you think you'll do more traveling in the future?
1: I definitely will. Um, I've told you this before, but I don't think the listeners have. One of the things I've always wanted to do is I wanted to take these short three month trips. And these three months are for me to really learn and immerse myself in a culture. Instead of just visiting, I want to immerse myself in it. Yeah. So I wrote down a list of all these places that I want to do that I want to immerse myself. For example, I want to go to Argentina mm-hmm. and learn how to tango.
0: Mm. And, um,
1: I want to learn to tango from the real tango dancers down there and live in their village. You know, I'm not going to stay at a Marriott. I'm actually right. going to stay in the village right. and, and eat their food and dance on the streets and drink whatever wine they drink Yeah, and just immerse myself in that tango culture for three yeah. months. Mm. And then I've been reading about this um, this Shaolin Temple in China where you, a tourist can actually go and learn from the monks, learn Kung Fu from the monks and learn meditation, and, and they can stay there. In, in their bunks for I think a month or a week or whatever yeah. just to learn eat their food you know, learn meditation learn Kung Fu and just learn the culture of how the Buddhist monks and in, in, uh, the Shaolin monks in China live I was like oh my gosh I want to do that not because I want to kick ass but is this, I, I want to <laughs> know how these people work because Shaolin monks weren't violent people you know, they, they practiced martial arts because it was an art. You mm. know, they didn't practice it to become the next Bruce Lee. They, they practiced it because it was, it was their idea of a higher achievement in and, and life. You know, They believe that the, the, the best performance, the best peak performance they can be, they can achieve enlightenment. Mm. Uh, that's why they're so great on martial arts and they're lethal, but huh. they never used it to fight. It was really just for enlightenment to, to to teach themselves at a level where they can be the prime human, hmm. you know, at, at at their best.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: So that's what I want. I, I, I want to go to learn to get a little bit of that enlightenment for three months. Yeah. Um, to to see what they see, you know, to, to learn and to learn to be silent. I, I believe you can't even talk. You're not supposed to talk in a Shaolin Temple or something.
0: Hmm. So
1: so I think for three months, I won't be speaking, <laughs> you know, it'll just be a lot of meditation and prayer and, and, and Kung Fu and all that.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So
1: Yeah. So those are the two top things I want to do. I have some others, but I can't remember them right now.
0: Yeah. Well, um, well I definitely want to keep traveling. I know Sonia does too. And I think, um, I think we will with time, obviously the virus is something that's kind of, um, keeping us from doing it as freely as we normally would. Yeah. But I think it'll be, uh, I think it's a great avenue to see different ways that we can do society in a way that like accommodates our humanity. And you know, the, the things that I mentioned that I'm bringing back with me, the greeting people on the streets, the extended time with friends, I think those are two things that they do really, really well in Guatemala. Um, that are different than how we do life, and are good for our human well-being, and right. so, so yeah. Hopefully, that's something that we'll continue to explore, um, you know, through the podcast and through our travels in the future, and we can share it with you guys because we uh, we love to do that. We really do.
1: Definitely, that's that's definitely going to be good things, and and hopefully more storytelling circles. <laughs>
0: Yeah, more art uh, more artistic storytelling. that's what we want.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be. Great. I wonder if there's a right.
0: podcast out there about that. I bet you there is.: Well, check it out.
1: A, a little sneak peek. I'm thinking about doing one.: Oh, like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm still outlining the idea and all that, um, but I'm thinking about doing a podcast um, around that storytelling thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I found that I've learned so much about being around great storytellers from my dad to Frankie Manning, who was, who was my dance teacher, Mm -hmm. um, to, to books that I've read. I I read a lot of memoirs to a point where I was always searching for storytellers to be around Mm -hmm. to a point where I've gotten so old that I was like, wait a second, I am the storyteller now. I am, I've become the storyteller because of knowing these people and I've gotten old enough that I've, I've, I'm done searching. I am the storyteller. <laughs> mm. yeah. So I was like, okay, how, how can I share what I've learned? What, you know, how I tell stories from, you know, making movies to writing to whatever, how do I share that to all of you? Right. Um, so that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Would, would, cool. Whether it be a podcast or a YouTube channel, I don't know yet. But um, hopefully, cross your fingers. We'll see something new content mm-hmm. from from me.
0: Cool. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be awesome, just yeah. like Victor. Yeah. Yay! Well, thank you guys for listening, and um, that will wrap up our rethinking humanity, rethinking humanity travel chronicles for now.
1: Yes, for now. Um, to for be continued. Now.
0: To be continued, for sure. I Look, there's too many people in this little group that like to travel. There'll be more of these, for goodness sakes.
1: Yes.